Hey talkers, welcome to Keep Talking Podcast. Keep Talking is the best platform for you to reach an advanced level of English by practicing every day and also connect with a global community. This podcast is a mix of our Instagram lives and IGTV videos, along with other recorded content. Sometimes we just give tips on how to improve your English, and other times we talk about a wide variety of topics, sometimes with special guests. Most of the episodes are in English, some are a mix of English and Spanish, and in a few we only speak Spanish. I hope you enjoy, and remember to follow us on Instagram at keeptalkingco, or check out our website, keeptalking.co, to join our community and learn more about how we can help you. What's up, talkers? Okay, in this episode, I want to bring you a little bit of humor. I'm going to talk about some of my most embarrassing moments in Latino America. I've got about seven of them on the list here, and... I think that this is something that should be entertaining and interesting to share because, as you all know, when trying to speak a second language or when in a different culture, oftentimes awkward or embarrassing moments happen. Esos momentos que dan vergüenza o que no sabías qué estaba pasando o que dijiste algo que no era lo que pensabas. No sé, ¿verdad? Pasa mucho, ¿sí? So I wanted to share these with you. Some of them are kind of funny. Some of them actually really did suck and were a little bit, like, worrisome. But anyway, here are my seven most embarrassing moments that I can think of in Latino America. Or let's call them embarrassing or awkward moments, right? Okay, so the first one is when I was in Brazil with a friend of mine. This is back in like 2014. I've been to Brazil a couple times, but this was the first time. And we were lucky enough to be doing a trip to Sao Paulo. We were we were actually staying in Rio, in Rio de Janeiro. No? Um, I'm speaking with a Portuguese accent now. but And we were taking a trip to Sao Paulo. And as a lot of you may know, Sao Paulo is basically the biggest city, the most populated city in Latino America. I think it's either Sao Paulo or Mexico City. Um, but anyway, huge, massive city with tons of these huge skyscrapers and a very business-like culture, right? Muchos negocios in Sao Paulo. And actually, it's kind of funny because among the two biggest cities in Brazil, you have Rio and Sao Paulo. And they actually have a joke in, in Brazil. Brazilians say that people go to Sao Paulo to make money and they go to Rio to spend money. Van a Sao, uh, Sao Paulo para ganar dinero y van a Rio para gastar dinero. And it's kind of true because Rio is definitely more of like the party city, the beach, the fun, etc., etc. You can certainly do some partying and things like that in Sao Paulo, but um, Rio is definitely more of the party vacation type city, right? And Sao Paulo is more about business negocios. So anyway, my friend and I, we had been staying in Rio de Janeiro for a while. And we were living that Rio lifestyle, that carioca lifestyle. People from Rio are called cariocas. That's what they call themselves, cariocas. And so we were trying to be like cariocas. And the carioca lifestyle is... You wear your chinelos. Chinelos are like chanclas or sandalias, sandals, right, that you wear everywhere, not just to the beach. When you're walking on the street, cariocas are always wearing their sandals. Their sandals, their shorts, maybe a tank top. A tank top is like una camisa, una camiseta sin mangas, see, like a tank top or a very short sleeve shirt, sometimes no shirt. Basically, they dress like they're always at the beach, right? 
And so we had been living this lifestyle and just loving it. You know what I mean? Who doesn't want to dress like that all day, every day? So we got to Sao Paulo and we were kind of thinking the same thing, right? Like, oh, this is Brazil. We can still dress the same way. So we got invited to this party by a friend who we both knew who lived in Sao Paulo. And my friend and I, two gringos, right? We go to this party, it's at the top of this skyscraper, this huge building, right? A skyscraper, some rascacielos, see, a big, tall building. And they have tons of them in Sao Paulo that stretch for miles, for miles. And it's a super cool building you can see forever from up at the top of here. But anyway, we go to the top of this building, we're going up this elevator, we get there wearing our carioca gear, right? I'm in my like you know, raggedy little shirt, my sandals, my sport shorts. I think my buddy was was wearing basically the same thing, some sandals, a tank top. We're all cool, ready for the party. Caipirinha, cerveja, etc. And we get up there and everybody at this party is wearing a full suit and tie. Traje como si fuera, o sea, trajes y vestidos de como lujosos, digamos, que cuesta, no sé, pues... 500 mil dólares, lo que sea. Eh, no 500 mil, pero como 500 dólares, ¿verdad? A, a lot of money for their clothes. These super nice clothing. They're dressed like it's a wedding. Everybody is dressed impeccably. And we pull up to the top of this building wearing our sandals and our tank tops and shorts. Because we had no idea it was going to be like this. We were used to the, the Rio lifestyle. And on top of it, we're both gringos already. Like, we already look kind of weird. You know, you can tell we're not from there. So we walk in and people are looking at us as if like, they were looking at us as if we were naked. Honestly, they're like, oh my God, who are these two idiots that just walked in here? So that was pretty embarrassing. But to be honest, after that, it was a pretty cool party and we still had a good time. And that's the cool thing about people from Brazil. Even if they look at you weird at the beginning and you dressed terribly for the occasion, they still treated us well. So that was cool. My second story is also from Brazil. Um, when I was in Rio, I joined a jiu-jitsu gym because I wanted to learn jiu-jitsu. It's a form of martial arts, self-defense, and is really popular in Brazil. And it's not really a, a single embarrassing story, but kind of just like um, an embarrassing series of things that happened. There was this professor, his name was Cesar, the, the jiu-jitsu professor, right? El o mestre, el maestro uh, del jiu-jitsu, the master, right? And... Him, so he and I got along well. We had a good relationship and I took some classes with him, but he really made me feel really embarrassed a lot of times because his way of almost kind of like making fun of me, if you will, would be to talk really fast in Portuguese. That way I couldn't understand and leave me with a blank face. And he would do this and he liked me, like I said. He was just doing it. I don't know why he was doing it. He was kind of doing it just to be an a-hole. But he would like purposely talk to me in super fast Portuguese in front of the rest of the group all the time. Like he would make a bunch of jokes, right? A bunch of, you know, like Brazilian jokes that I had no chance of understanding. Like looking at me, talking to me to my face during the class when the other like 10 or 15 students would all be like looking and laughing, but at the same time like feeling bad for me because like, who is this gringo that he keeps picking on, right? Cesar is telling all these jokes to this gringo and I'm just leaving, like standing there blank faced. I have no idea how to respond to these. No entiendo nada, verdad? Uh, so that was really funny. 
Um, the third one, and this was a bad one, was when I was in Chiapas, Mexico, and I was doing a volunteer trip with this group of eye doctors who are from Minnesota, where I live. This was about five years ago in 2016. And we were in Chiapas. They have this place called Chiapa de Corso, which is a very small town where there's a lot of poverty and the people don't have a lot of resources. And so what we were doing is giving them a free eye clinic where we would diagnose people with if they had eye problems, we would give them glasses if they needed them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But anyway, we were there was this basically this lady, una señora, who was cooking for us every day that we were there and on one of the days i don't know what it is she cooked basically everybody got sick i can't remember what it was she cooked but pretty much every one of us got sick right like really sick like bad food poisoning some worse than others right so for me like i had gotten sick like at night after i ate it i was throwing up to throw up as vomitar i was vomiting throwing up having some diarrhea, et cetera, et cetera, for like the whole night, and then I was really weak the next morning. But the next day, I'm like, okay, I stopped throwing up, right? I'm, I'm okay, yeah, I'm, I'm good, I can go, I can go to the thing, right? And so I decided, all right, I'm gonna go to this clinic, you know, the same place, it's like this little, um, I can't remember if it was like a church or something, it was this building that we were at where we would have like hundreds of people from the town come in every day to get their new glasses and stuff, right? And um, it was really hot in there. It's like, you know, Chiapas, you can imagine, you know, it was, a, it was a hot area and there were tons of people all around all day were just sweating, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember I went in there and I was chugging Gatorades. To chug something means to drink it really fast. So I'm like chugging Gatorades to try to stay hydrated. I'm not eating because I didn't want to risk throwing up or having more diarrhea, right? But then I just remember I had been sitting down for most of it and then I like stood up to go and do something. And when I was walking back towards, I think I was just going to the bathroom actually, right? I'm walking back towards the bathroom and then all of a sudden it just hit me. I'm going to faint. Me voy a desmayar, see? And so I was like going into the bathroom by myself and I'm like, oh, should I really do this? Oh my god, I think I'm going to faint in the bathroom. What if I faint in the bathroom? No one's going to find me here. So like I'm really dizzy, muy mareado. Yo sé que me voy a desmayar. I'm going to faint. So I like ran out of the bathroom and there was this girl on our team. Her name was Laura. And I'm like, hey, Laura, I think I'm going to faint. And all I remember hearing was I heard her saying, oh my god, yeah, you are. Because I was super pale, super pálido, ¿verdad? And then two seconds later, I just, I fainted, me desmayé, and I dropped on the ground. And I was lucky enough that I had gone out of the bathroom because obviously everybody saw me, like a hundred people standing around there watched me faint. And the doctors, it was a good place to have it happen because there were like five or ten doctors in there at that time, you know, the eye doctors and everything. And so they helped me, you know, they lifted my feet up, they did all the things that you do, you know, when someone faints. And like a minute or two later, I regained consciousness and I was fine. But it was pretty embarrassing to faint like that in front of a hundred people. The next one I've got on the list is also related to sickness and also in Mexico. And this is actually not me. This was a friend of mine, right? Um, a friend of mine. So we were staying at an Airbnb in Mexico. Um, one of those is Airbnb. And so he, my friend is actually from Mexico. He's from Mexico City. And I was staying with him, from, um, another friend of mine and I, 
was staying with him in, in Mexico for about one week, and we were going to do a road trip, un viaje de carro, see? So we went to the city, what the heck was the city's name? I believe, no, it wasn't Querétaro, Guanajuato. Sorry, the names of the Mexican cities are difficult sometimes, but Guanajuato is where we were. And so we went to this restaurant during the day, and my other friend and I, the gringos, we were fine, but my friend from Mexico ate something that was really bad and <laughs> did not sit well with him. And we were going back to the Airbnb that night, and he started feeling sick to his stomach, right? Muy mal del estómago, saying like, I gotta go to the bathroom now, I gotta go immediately. And the thing is, at this Airbnb, there was a host family that lived there. So it wasn't just us three staying there. There was like this host family with this uh, man and, and woman and their daughter. I think they had two daughters, actually. They were staying in half of it, and we were staying in the other half, right? And all I remember was David, is my friend's name. We get back to the Airbnb, and like immediately when we walked in, he starts puking all over the place. To puke, P-U-K-E, means to throw up or to vomit, vomitar, right? He starts puking everywhere, all over the floor. <laughs> and, like, we walked in, and, like, the mom and the daughter are, like, watching him throw up all over the place, and we're like, oh, my God, we are here renting this place for three days, and now we are throwing up all over the floor, and I have no idea what to do about it, right? And so... <laughs> My other friend and I, like, we had no idea what to do. We were trying to help our friend at, at first, obviously. Um, you know, we got him into the bathroom. We got him some sueros, like some of those electrolyte drinks and whatever, to try to help him feel better. We almost ended up taking him to the hospital, but that's another story for another day. But um, we didn't end up taking him to the hospital. I always say that. I always say that's another story for another day. But in this case, it's not another story for another day. We just didn't end up having to take him to the hospital. Um, but I remember my other friend and I were basically cleaning up his vomit from the floor. We had the the brooms, you know, las escolas y todo, and all this, these cleaning supplies. And so it was hilarious. The, you know, the hosts, they were they were really good people. Muy buena onda, como dicen en Mexico, because they were totally fine. They're like, no, we understand this sort of thing happens, of course. We hope he feels better. But it was hilarious and pretty embarrassing, uh, more so, obviously, for my friend as well. Okay, now I've got a Colombia story. Um, I think, what, I guess I have maybe six total here? Yeah, okay, I was thinking I had seven, I guess I just have six. So a Colombia story is when I was in Medellin and I was taking the bus. I remember I was um, meeting someone, it was basically like a date. I was going to meet this girl, um, it was like an afternoon date, right? No tan romántico así, ¿verdad? No en la noche debajo de las estrellas, pero como en la tarde, ¿sí? And so I remember I was taking this bus from where I was staying in Laureles. I think we were like going on a date like by Parque Lleras or something like that. I know a lot of our listeners are from Medellín. You probably know where these places are. But So I remember I was taking this bus and I was on the bus and I didn't know exactly like when I was supposed to get off of the bus, right? And you know, obviously buses in Colombia can be kind of difficult, right? Like sometimes the driver stops, sometimes the driver doesn't stop, you don't really know. You know, things go fast, especially when you're a gringo, you're like, what's going on? I don't know. So anyway, I'm on the bus and the bus driver stopped and I'm like, wait, am I supposed to get off here? 
And then I'm like, no, no, I don't think so. I don't think I'm supposed to get off here. And, you know, there's a lot of traffic, which there usually is in Medellin. Some people were getting off the bus. I'm like, no, I don't think I do. I don't think I have to get off here. Um, but then I kind of realized, I started looking around again, and I'm like, oh, shit, I was supposed to get off here, right? So then <laughs> at that point, like, the door is closing, but I'm like, no, I want to get off because I don't know when the next stop is, and I don't want to be late for this girl on our date, right? I'm excited about this. And so <laughs> the door is basically closing and I'm like trying to wave to the driver to stop, but he wasn't going to stop at this point. Like we're starting to move again. The door is basically closing and I like pushed my way out the door and then like jumped off the bus. But when I jumped off of the bus, I jumped right into this, these bushes. This is como arbustos, ¿verdad? And there's all this like mud, con todo este como lodo y barro y tierra. <laughs> Because, uh, like, that was right next to the road. And so there was, of course, a bunch of other cars and motos and everything else around. And here's this gringo jumping out of this bus just into the bushes. I, like, fell down and, like, smashed my face into the bushes. And then <laughs> basically just kind of got up and kept walking. I'm sure it had to look really ridiculous, all these hundreds of cars around, just watching me jump out of this bus into these bushes on accident. I got my face all like messed up and muddy and everything and then just kind of like got up and started walking along the sidewalk. Um, and then I remember I was like trying to clean myself off before I went on my little date. And I remember I think things worked out okay, right? I don't think she knew that um, that I hit myself in a bush after jumping off a bus, but that's what happened. All right, so then the last one I got on the list is when I was in Chile. And I think I've kind of mentioned this story before, but basically this was in 2014. I was doing a, a volunteer trip in Chile that I had signed up for with this organization from the U.S. And I went to, it was doing equinoterapia, hipoterapia, um, equine therapy or therapy with horses for children who have special needs. And I remember I showed up to this place and there was this profe and then about six or seven uh, chilenos, you know, who were, they were all kinesiology students, estudiantes de kinesiología en la universidad, right? And I pulled up to this place, like I was dropped off by a bus and like the coordinator of this program that I was doing, thinking that everybody there was going to know who I was and why I was there. Like I thought a lot of other people did this program. But apparently, like, nobody else does this program, and I was, like, the only gringo to do it, right? So, I show up to this place, and they're all looking at me like, who the heck are you? What, what quién eres? Weon, ¿qué haces aquí? <laughs> Weon es lo que siempre dicen en Chile para todo. <laughs> um, and so, Sergio is his name, the professor, uh, or the leader of this group, looks at me and he's basically like, perdón, ¿quién eres y qué haces aquí? And I'm just, you know, in my little gringo accent, he's like, soy Sean, estoy aquí para ayudar. <laughs> and he's like, what? He just keeps looking at me like, what are you doing here, man? And then he starts asking me all these questions like, pero entonces vives aquí? Mm, no, I live in Minnesota. Vivo en Minnesota. ¿Dónde está Minnesota? ¿Venezuela? No, Minnesota. Minnesota, Estados Unidos en el norte. ¿Pero qué haces aquí, weón? <laughs> Eh, estoy aquí para ayudar al grupo de quinoterapia. ¿Eres kinesiólogo? Mm, no, no, no soy kinesiólogo. What are you doing here? I only remember him asking me like these 10 questions over and well, you know, these same questions like 10 times over and over. Like, why are you here? ¿Qué haces aquí, weón? ¿Quién te mandó aquí, weón? Nosotros tenemos... 
todo lo que necesitamos aquí. Tenemos ocho estudiantes de kinesiología. Soy un experto en eso. Yo no necesito la ayuda de un gringo que ni siquiera sabe qué es un caballo o qué es uno, cómo hacen terapia de caballos. No sé qué haces aquí. But anyway, that was kind of embarrassing. Just stand there for like five minutes and have everyone looking at me like, who the heck are you and what are you doing here? The cool thing about it was after that, everybody's just kind of like, okay, I guess this guy's here. And I ended up, um, you know, being able to help them out for like two weeks and learn a lot about echinotherapia and learn a lot about horses. And it was a really cool little volunteer vacation for me. So... That was pretty cool, even though it was embarrassing at the beginning. So that's all I've got for you all for now. Uh, please share with me your embarrassing moments overseas or even in your home country if you have them. And we'll talk again soon. Thanks, talkers. Thanks for listening, talkers. Remember that Keep Talking is the best platform for you to reach an advanced level of English fluency and connect with a global community. Remember to follow us on Instagram at keep talking co and check out our website keep talking.co to join our community